Fantasy Fam. Here we are about 16 days away from opening day. Thursday, uh, September 6th, right? I'm so excited. O- opening day? Is this opening baseball? day, sorry. Baseball. Uh, <laughs> kickoff. Until I'm just, I am so excited. I'm so excited yeah. I can't even I can't even talk right, you know? Yeah, I have never been so excited actually. Um it's been a long time coming for me and I am just I'm ready to draft, honestly. Yeah. I haven't I haven't really participated in too many drafts so far. I haven't had one yet. I've had I think one. Um that's about it, which I barely did. Um so for me it's I'm I'm very excited to start drafting because I wait till that third preseason game to be over and then I start because I did that draft for you. After you did some, I mean, I did like one pick or two picks. All right, settle down. I know you've done I've had a rookie draft, and yeah. I've had multiple drafts already. I think I've had three drafts already, actually, which is, which is – I enjoy it because you can pick guys up so early, early, right, that, that nobody yeah. knows yet, that haven't been hurt yet, that haven't yeah. seen yet, they haven't been talking about. It's kind of fun to have the drafts this early, I think, before that's, the, before that's the buzz, so buzz train hits you, you know? Yeah, I've said the perfect example is, is is Kareem Hunt last year. Kareem Hunt in the middle of August was like a seventh-round pick or eighth-round pick. He comes to, you know, this week before the season, he was a second-round pick. And so boom. It's crazy. It's crazy. So that's why it's sometimes there's a pro and con to drafting early and drafting late. So exactly. it's whatever you prefer. But That is true. That is true. So let's just dive right into our topic. Uh, our topic today is about breakouts. Uh, now, Kyle, you want to tell us a little bit about what what a breakout actually is? All right. So, you know, there's there's different segments we talk about. We talk about busts. We talk about steals. We talk about values and reaches. Breakouts, to me, are, are a pretty important one for the season because, to me, a breakout could be anyone entering their second year in the league. It could be a veteran for quite some time. Uh, maybe the stars have aligned in their favor or they finally hit their stride as, like, a top-tier NFL player. Um, the recent performances in these years past could have been average or mediocre at best. Like sometimes, you know, you see a guy who had a decent year or a pretty down year. And then we say, you know what, maybe they're finally going to break through that glass ceiling. They're going to become the player we think they're capable of. Um, it could be for a number of reasons that we think this way about them. You know, a breakout could be because of a change of scenery. They're on a new team, um, opportunity advantage because of an injury. So someone in front of them goes down, they have this advantage in front of them. Um, it could be a scarcity at position on their team or in general uh, in the league. You know, they, it's finally an opportunity for them to be a top talent. Um, so it's we we think these guys are the ones who are going to really take that next step um, in their career and in fantasy to a point where they were once mediocre could now potentially be you know top end talents at their position. Week. So breakouts are really important for for a number of reasons, but for me, it's mostly because I want to get that advantage at a certain position. I want to be able to have a certain player that people think a little bit less of that I think can really excel. And I, you know, I'm willing to draft them at a, you know, a, a certain value. Thank you, Webster. Great said. <laughs> well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't reading off a prompt either. I swear to God. I don't, I don't, I don't, have, I don't, I don't have anything to add on that. I mean, that's, yeah, that was so, beautiful. Brother, do you have anything to add? I'm gonna have to go look, look and see if I met the criteria with players. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do double checks now just to make sure that this is actually a breakdown. Well, we'll oh see you guys God. later. Good yep. talk, man. Bingo, huh? Well, see you later. So on on that, um, we will go right into a question that is kind of gonna relate to breakouts. A running back or a wide receiver that is outside of the top 20 that will have a breakout season, that you think will have a breakout season that could finish running back two, maybe borderline running back one, wide receiver one. 
All right, so for me, my guy who is currently sitting right outside that running back wide receiver 20 currently, um, who has a chance to finish as a running back one, a wide receiver one, has actually done it in the past. Um, it's it's a pretty great feel-good story, and I know some people have him ranked very high. Some people don't want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Um, he is one of my favorites um, to potentially reach that breakout. He's not one of my picks for breakout, but he is one of my favorite players. Um, at the position just because of his just skill set, and that is Josh Gordon. Um, Josh Gordon, to me, is a guy right now who's being drafted as, like, the 22nd, I think, ranked uh, wide receiver at the position, or 23rd ranked player at the position. Right right outside, yeah. Yeah, he's a 23 right now, which, you know, is right on that fringe, but Josh Gordon has the ability to be a number one receiver, to be the number one receiver, not just a number one top 12 receiver. He has the ability to be a number one receiver, and I love him um, in the system that Cleveland's trying to mold it into. Um, his touchdowns numbers will not be there, but you know we go back to what 20, 2013. He had 159 targets in 14 games. I mean, those numbers aren't going to be repeated again this year. And who was throwing him the ball? I don't even remember, honestly. <laughs> exactly. I don't even remember if we're being completely now, honest. Now we'll have like a legit, somewhat legit so, quarterback yeah. actually throwing him the ball. He put up almost 19 yards per catch that season with nine touchdowns. That's his capabilities. I mean, the guy could average 20 yards per catch in the NFL. So, is he going? He's a stud. He's a stud. Right? Is he going to do it with Jarvis Landry, with David Njoku, with Duke Johnson, with you know whoever else they potentially could bring in there, aka not Dez? But you know, could he do it? Absolutely. Do I think he will? I don't know. But I really do think he could finish as a top 20 wide receiver. I do. I think he has the complete, you know, 20, even if he gets 50 receptions, he could have 20 yards per reception and eight touchdowns and put him over the thousand yard mark with eight touchdowns. I mean, I just, that's how good he is. So for me, that's my guy who's a, um, you know, a guy who could finish as a wide receiver one. I like it. I also have a wide receiver that I would like to talk about in Miami. Uh, Cleveland stole, you know, his counterpart, Jarvis Landry. So now Kenny Stills steps in as the number one wide receiver in Miami. Uh, So last year he saw 105 targets during the season. That's a lot. He totaled 847 yards for six touchdowns, with Landry also getting over 100 catches. So, right? I mean, that right there just shows me that Ryan Tannehill actually does like throwing to Kenny Stills. And I don't think it's going to change. I think it's going to get better this year. Devonta Parker. Yes. I don't know. It's like Voldemort. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) I mean, mind you, he's dealing with a broken finger right now. He's dealing with a broken Um, something all the time. I'm really Parker. Kenny Stills is is, is wide receiver at least 35 to like 40, depending on rankings. That is absolutely absurd in in my opinion. He... He's wide receiver he's, 48 right now. Wide receiver 48. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. He's number one receiver on a team that they do like to throw the ball. They do have a pretty solid running back, but they like to they like to air it out. Yes, they did get Danny Amendola, who, I mean, he's not going to play all season. But Kenny Stills is a wide receiver for me that definitely outside of the top 20 that can for show finish in the right. top 20. Wow. Welcome to 2009. For show. For show. <laughs> For show. <laughs> the only player that I'm going to comment on very quickly that is currently right outside the top 10, and I believe a lot of his you know, success in the past has to do with the quarterback, and his name's Andrew Luck. Mm. And he's playing again. T.Y. Hilton 
Yeah. Ooh. If he can be healthy. I know he threw a pick yesterday in that horrific Ravens game, but, you know, he's still, getting his, chem- still getting his chemistry back. With the receivers, T.Y. didn't play. I think he's in the best shape of his life. He was a perennial top five receiver, I think, for two or three seasons with Andrew Luck. He has unbelievable talent, speed, quickness. Frank Reich is bringing in a nice offense, you know, that just helped the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl and also. Um, I'm expecting big things from T.Y. Hilton this year, potential top five season. Yeah, I agree. I like T.Y. Hilton a lot this year. I do. I think he. I think his yard. Even if his touchdowns aren't there, which they never really are. Um, who the hell his else? Yardage. Who else his is? Yards. Who's luck gonna throw to? Who like? Who else? They got Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, Jack Doyle. I like Jack Doyle, but besides that, Chester Rogers. Come on, Eric, Eric, Yeah, you throw it to throw it Heem Hines. See how many times he hangs onto the ball. Yeah. See ya. Piss me off. Anyway. Late sleeper. See ya. Anyway. Dope. <laughs> All right. Well, that was. Guys outside of the top 20 that we see potentially finishing in the top 20. Now, here's the bread and butter of our discussion today. Guys that will have breakout years, regardless of where you draft them. Obviously, you're looking for guys a little bit later in the draft um, so that you can get great value for them as well, which is we will discuss in another episode. But I'm going to throw it out there. Who, who do you guys love this year? Who is, who is a breakout performer? All right. So my first one that I'm going to talk about is a, a guy who has burned me before. And that was last year. Um, he is somebody oh, – not, not Adam Thielen? <laughs> no, Terrell Pryor. I knew it. I don't know why he's – first of all, first of all, both of those. One of those hurts a little bit more than the other. Um, the Terrell Pryor one doesn't really hurt me that much because I only lost in every league he was – I had him in. Um, Thielen one's a little different. But I've been burned by him. Um, I, I like him as a as a player. I think he is one of the more talented players in the league, but he has definitely burned people in the past. He is a fantastic athlete who, in a scenario last year, just the team sucked. I mean, there's no other way to put it. The team was awful. And now he comes into this season with a chip on his shoulder. His draft stock has plummeted. I mean, right now he's going in the early part of the fourth round. Where sounds a year like, sounds like someone on the Jets. <laughs> Why, is this, are you guys just trying to hurt me? Hurt me tonight? I don't understand. But he's he is being drafted as the wide receiver sixteen in a team that I personally don't like the offense as much as most people do. I think that Gruden is really not going to have that much of an impact um, that everyone thinks he is. I mean, he I don't. I just don't believe it. So uh, my my pick is Amari Cooper. He is my he is my breakout player. And yes, he had a very good year a few years ago. Okay, I'm not going to deny that fact. You know, he put up, uh, you know, his two se- first two seasons in the league, he had over 1,000 yards and over in five or six touchdowns in both years. That being said, Michael Crabtree is gone, okay? Last year was a really bad year. He had 48, so bad. 48 receptions for 680 yards. He did have seven, <sighs> seven touchdowns, what oh. saves him just a little bit. Okay? Oh, Amari Cooper right now is being drafted as the 16th wide receiver off the board. To me, that is pretty coconuts, honestly. I mean, the guy has the ability to be the number one wide receiver. He does. Coconuts, he, you say. What did you say? Coconut. <laughs> it's coconuts. It is coconuts. It's coconuts. Oh. I love it. Wide receiver 16. Okay. Think about that there's 15. Insane. There's 15 guys in front of him that are that did have better gears last year. I'm not going to deny that. Derek Carr is healthy. Er. Martavis, he's, Martavis, he's so erratic. Martavis Bryant is going to stretch the field. We know that. But even if he plays, I don't I don't know if he's going to play, honestly. He's got Jordy. Good point. He's got Jordy Nelson. Wow. Awesome. 
I know. Another guy coming off great. But in the fourth round, I can get a top-tier wide receiver that could potentially be my number one receiver to pair with a guy who's probably going to be a one re- number one receiver with my first or second pick is is my favorite thing I can do here. I mean, I love where he's going right now because I want all of that. And I am someone who has always been, a, you know, a Mari Cooper kind of, nah, like, don't draft him. You know, it's not worth it. But when, when he started to slip into the fourth round, I said, I'm all about it. So for me, he's my first breakout um, for mm. I like it. Amari. I hope he does well, man. I got him in a dynasty, so I hope I hope you believe in John Gruden's offense a little more than than you let on to. But I like maybe <laughs> maybe Gruden is teaching him how to catch with his hands and yeah. his face. Yeah. Uh, I like I like I like Amari, but I don't like Oakland this year. Oh uh, Jordan Howard's school of Winnie the Pooh club catching, starring Ronald uh, Jones. Uh, <laughs> just catch it with your hands. Jordan Harold, Ronald Jones. Well, I think I think Andre the Seal could probably catch better balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm not debating that, but I think if he gets if the thing is, Amari could get 160 targets. Uh, that's uh, a, easily, easily, even easily. if he catches even if he catches 50, percent that's still 80 that's still 80 receptions. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I'll, I'll take it. I hope True. so, man. Yeah. Use him. Just throw it to him. Just throw it to him. Just throw it to him. I'll transition into. One of my big breakout stars this year, and it is, I'm wearing a jersey right now of another another old athlete, C.J. Spiller, in, oh. in honor of his breakout in the last six, seven games years ago. I mean, that's all I needed him to do, Gross. and he did. It was amazing. And he helped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all you need. you got to pick up a guy. You know, this guy you're going to be drafting who I'm going to be talking about, but so Swaggy Naggy is coming into town. He's leaving a Chiefs offense that was, I would say fairly prolific once he started calling plays. I know he doesn't have all the experience, but he's got the attitude. He's got the knowledge. And obviously he's bringing that to Chicago with him right now. Young quarterback, Trubisky. Ton, ton of talent on the receiving end. Anthony Miller, they just drafted. Incredible guy from, from Memphis. Allen Robinson, hopefully he can stay healthy. Jordan Howard, he'll be your two-pound, you know, two-down plotter. Hopefully he'll learn to catch. You know, <laughs> use your hands. Or not. Or not. <laughs> which is why they have this guy, and his name is Tariq Cohen, which to me is unbelievable that being drafted as the running back 35 right now, which which is insane. And here's some here's some knowledge that I'm going to drop on you. Some statistics. I love knowledge dropping. 723 <laughs> yards on 140 touches. Get your calculators out. No, wait, I got Sorry. it for you. It's an average of 5.17 yards per touch, which is slightly better than another athlete you've heard of, Le'Veon Bell, 4.79. Mm. I know, which is, which is I know. Insane to me. Harrison. I mean, obviously, he got the ball a lot more. Could have been more, whatever. It's like Kamara numbers. It's insane. He has a ton of potential. I think with the new offense, obviously, last year, whatever. You know, John Fox now speaking so vanilla plain on ESPN. Lack of creativity on on offense completely. You know, took the air out of that out of that team last year. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with him. I think the comparison started this summer when they started talking about using him in a Tyreek Hill type role. Move them all over the field, line them up as a receiver, as a slot. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm excited, especially where he's being drafted right now, too. I did see, yeah, I did see that that they're lining him up on outside and everything like that. That's awesome. I mean, he's you can't you can't keep talent like that on the bench, especially when Jordan Howard is not a bad running back. Keep him in the backfield and then put Tariq out in the slot. 
Yeah, get your athletes out there, right? Give them the ball. Put the ball in their hands. Best players should be on the field at all times. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You find you find a you find a way for that. I don't see a problem with with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard being on the field at the same time. No, I don't same. see any problem with that. I agree. <laughs> agree. I concur. I concur. One of my breakout players this year, Kyle. You were not a fan of him last year before he got hurt. Um, it was a very odd pick for the Chargers last year, but Mike Williams. So of go Chargers go. <laughs> so nice, nice. I guess his I guess his stock just went up after. Uh, I mean I'm I'm very upset about it. I know you guys are very upset that Hunter Hendry went Hunter. down. I mean I'm upset. For, I'm upset for him. I'm not upset for himself. I was never gonna take him, but I mean. Like, <laughs> I was I was upset. I was I probably going to draft him. Yeah. But it, I mean, tight ends are streaming. It doesn't matter. That's why. <laughs> but exactly, exactly. But Mike Williams, the guy is 6'4", 220 pounds, basically the size of a tight end. Yeah. I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw his only catch in the preseason game the other night. And he, what, Philip? I whoever threw it to him, he jumped right up over the defender and pulled that shit in. Awesome. This guy looks. He yeah. looks. He looks good. He looks really good, and right now, so Keenan Allen obviously is the number one receiver, and I mean Keenan Allen is a PPR monster. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna probably go over 100. He stays healthy. Love, love him. Just eating all that shit up. <laughs> right now, Mike Williams is being drafted in about the 10th or 11th round, which is abs- That's absurd. That's a little, that's a little crazy. Even if he gets you what, let's say 700 yards receiving, mind you. The Chargers last year had the fourth best offense in the NFL, which is kind of crazy. Now, even if Mike Williams gets seven to 800, maybe a little bit over 800 yards receiving, he's going to get a lot of red zone targets. Keenan Allen doesn't really score too many touchdowns. Now, Melvin Gordon does get a lot of that in the red zone. But Mike Williams, this guy, 6'4 wide receiver, just throw it up to him. That's it. That's all you got to do. And this athlete. guy, he's he he is an athlete. He's going to reap the benefits of an unfortunate happening of Henry going down. So Mike Williams is my potential for a breakout, especially where he's being drafted, tenth or eleventh, and he's going to move. I, I mean, I'm I'm still in shock that he's actually going in that that late right there. Yeah. I think he could be a wide receiver three easily. Yeah, I, th- I think he's, yeah, I, I have Mike Williams. Believe it or not, I know because you said I didn't like him last year, which I didn't. Um, that's because I like I like Tyrell Williams. I do. I really like Tyrell Williams a lot. But Mike Williams is the size of a tight end. He's a huge possession receiver. And, you know, Keenan Allen is the PPR monster. Tyrell Williams is the guy who stretches the field because he gets averages like 17 yards per catch. And then you have Mike Williams, who's the possession receiver, who's going to get you potentially eight-plus touchdowns. I mean, I do like Mike Williams. I'm not going to deny that this year. I do. Um, I think he's in a better case, you know, in a best case scenario this year without Hunter Henry. So right. nice three-headed monster wide receiver for for Philip Rivers. So um, my my second breakout candidate, uh, my last one, is is someone that I've risen on a lot more recently, and that's purely because of of where he is, um, his you know where what team he plays for, and that's because I just don't think that. I know you said they like to pass a lot before, but I really think they're going to try to run the ball with him. When he played last year, he came in. Uh, what week did he come in? He came in as a starting running back uh, in early Mid- December. Of the season, right? Early December against Denver. Okay, against a pretty good defense. You know, Denver's not bad, right? Killed it. Yeah. So from then on, for the next five games of the season, to end the season, his last five games, he averaged um, over 18 rushing attempts per game. 
he averaged over 88 yards per game and 4.9 yards per carry. That's what got it for me. It's the 4.9 per carry over five games. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? That's amazing. Okay, the the touchdowns were not there. Okay, I'm not going to deny that. The touchdowns were not there. He had, uh, over that time span, he had two touchdowns over the five games, which is not the worst, but it's not my favorite. And that is still finished in the top running backs. And that is Kenyon Drake. I... I really, I, I didn't think oh. I was going to rise on him as much. Yeah, I really didn't think I was going to rise on him as much as I, uh, as I thought. Because I did think, hey, Frank Gore might have something left in the tank. You know, Kalen Balage is there. But Frank Gore is getting older day by day. And Kalen Balage is getting yelled at day by day. So I love the scenario for, for him. Okay, Kenyon Drake, yes. The Miami Dolphins have the 20th ranked offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, for this upcoming season. Not the best case scenario in that situation. However, they've had worse running back situations before. Jay Ajayi ran behind one of those worst running, uh, worst offensive line situations. Jay Ajayi put up ridiculous numbers behind that offensive line situation. Ryan Tannehill did not play last year. He is going to be eased back into the offense, I think, a little bit. And I really do think Kenyon Drake right now going in that you know early to mid-fourth, he's even falling into the fifth of some drafts. Um, if you can snatch him up as your running back two or potentially running back three, uh, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I mean, if if I can take him or Derrick Henry with that pick, I'm going to take Kenyon Drake every time. I mean, him or Jay Ajayi, I'm going to take Kenyon Drake every time. You just don't like Derrick Henry. I absolutely – we'll talk about <laughs> He will be talked about in another episode, but I do not like Derrick Henry whatsoever. So the, the, that'll be another time. But I do love Kenyon Drake. I think he's going to break through that glass ceiling. <laughs> Kenyon Drake uh, is my – I'm going to say it right now. I don't care how much you guys might taunt me next year when we talk about this at a later date. Kenyon Drake finishes as a running back one. He finishes in the top 12. I like it. So, I have conviction. And it's and it's amazing because I, I just... Right? Great job. Uh, uh, conviction, great, great word. Great and great I just, really quick, I just, I read Matthew Berry's... Yeah, I'm calling you out, Matthew Berry. His <laughs> last, his last love-hate, apparently, whatever. I don't know. I didn't read the whole article because he just goes on and on and on and on. It's like 100 points. His, exactly. It's like, it's like, dude. It's like, dude, relax. Um... His one of his absolute hates this year is Kenyon Drake. Oh, he yeah. loves Kalem, loves Kalem Balage. Kalem Balage needs to learn how to um, stay adapt. in a huddle. He needs to learn how to adapt to NFL <laughs> offenses. If you're getting screamed up by Ryan Tannehill, you have a lot, a lot to learn. It's, yeah, I mean, come on, Ryan Tannehill is a freaking box That's of true. bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> He's not scary. <laughs> that is that is very true. My second breakout star. All right, so I'm going to read some stats off to you guys. And, I mean, you may know who I'm talking about since we discussed this prior, but you're not going to believe you're not going to believe who I'm talking about. You out there, you know, in the podcast world listening. So this receiver last year, he was 19th in the NFL in receiving yards. He was third in the NFL in yards per catch. And he was tied for 30th, mind you, with Tyree Kill, 105 targets. He played with, I, I see this year as an up-and-coming top-10 quarterback. Some others see him, some others, you know, maybe that I'm looking at right now, see him being drafted slightly too high ahead of some other quarterbacks with more experience. He's played five games, Jimmy, G, Jimmy GQ. Obviously, has a little bit to learn off the field as well. Once you make $100 million, people might be, you know, following you, watching you, seeing what you're doing, seeing who you're going on dates with. Good for you, pal. I'm happy for you. Wasn't she like a prostitute? No, no, no. <laughs> Wasn't well, still a porn star? Right, sorry. Yeah, it's a porn star. <laughs> sorry. It's, it's official. It's okay. Like, come on, dude. I have jobs too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
So th- this receiver, I'm, I mean, Marquise Goodwin, in some of my previous drafts, I was able to get him in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Not kidding. It's unbelievable. The more that you read these numbers, the data, the stats, you watch him play, he is the clear-cut number one. I know Pierre Garçon is coming back, this and that. He's he's on his last leg, I think. He's on his captain hook leg. One foot you know, on a banana peel, one foot out the door. I'm sorry. I hope he recovers, but Marquise Goodwin is my number one receiver for the San Francisco 49ers this coming year. He's going to be his top target. He's going to get 140 targets. He's going to get over 1,000 yards. The, the touchdowns will come. Jimmy GQ, top 10 quarterback. Marquise Goodwin, top 20 wide receiver. I mean, he was 19th last year in receiving yards. They only played five games together. To me, that's unbelievable. I think keep an eye, keep an eye on him, though, in your drafts because if he's – Still around in that sixth, seventh round, you're going to have to scoop him up because somebody's going to somebody's going to take him at that point if he's still exactly. even there. So it, it's a matter of monitoring. But he, right now, he's been going as like wide receiver thirty, as you guys have like, alluded to. Like it, yeah. As, yeah, I mean, if you yeah, get somebody rising. that late, he's rising a little bit though, which is which is you know what's going to happen during this time in the draft. Uh, you know, once you get to the you know the heart of August, he's he's going to you know. That's what happens with people who, you know, uh, everyone wants to like love and I, do good. And he's doing good during preseason right now. Like yeah. he's, he's having a solid preseason with Jimmy J. Yeah, I agree. I, so I, I like him this year. I think if the value stays true at that sixth round pick, I'd be willing to take him. If he starts to rise, you know, into that fifth round, then it's a little bit questionable for me. But I like, I like, the, I, would, I, like I like the breakout of him though. Word to the wise though on that, like make sure you do have another wide receiver, obviously, like another solid wide receiver, because. I mean, if like I don't know, I, I guess he could be a pretty good wide receiver too. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. You always have to balance upside with floor. I want yeah. someone who has a high enough floor to match with somebody who has a high upside who has a very very low floor. I don't think Marcus Goodwin has a low floor though. Honestly, I think he has a pretty pretty average floor. I think he yeah. even with Jimmy G, I think he's going to have a you know pretty good season if even on the lower side. Kyle Shanahan, yeah. man, a lot, a lot of potential. They've had a whole off season of practice together last year. They had what two two weeks before he was thrown into thrown into the mix. Yeah, uh, and they performed well with him in the five games. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Now my last breakout I was going to talk to about, but it's he's on the same team as Marquise Goodwin. But I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to bring him up. I'm actually going to talk about a tight end in Chicago, mm. Trey Burton. What's up, tight ends? What's up? I, mean, I love, I love Mr. Burton. He, it's so, it's so crazy to think though that I mean. He really didn't. He really didn't have like a lot of stats in Philly, but he did make the most of what he was given by, I guess Carson Wentz and then Nick Foles. Actually, I, I want to say it was Nick Foles mostly throwing to him towards the end of the season. He was getting a lot of love over there. Um, I guess what I what I've been reading about him is that he is he's somewhat of a perfect fit. Is that what they're saying? I quote. For uh, Matt Nagy's uh, more aggressive, multifaceted offense is one of the articles that I saw. Um, him, and Trub- him and Trubisky actually have a solid, solid rapport going on right now. Um, that I, I think this this dude. I mean, he's not he's not huge. He's only six three, which isn't. I mean that's a pretty good size. Yeah, he's a small a tight end. He's, he's, he's six, actually two thirty five. He's not that big. Exactly. He's not even Mike Williams is bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and he's so it's just but they I mean they're getting better and better every every practice, every single day, every game right now. I mean he, he caught four catches the other day against Denver and a touchdown. 
Yeah. This dude, this dude, he's he's what I think I think he's the ninth tight end right now. Right? Yeah, he's the ninth tight end. He's another guy I mean, that's going to rise though too because of that. I mean, he's he's right now coming off in the top ten tight ends, but I mean, he's going to rise I think even more. I do. But and it's crazy. It's crazy though that he's ranked in a top ten when all he had last year was like two hundred and thirty yards. Mind you, he did have five touchdowns. Yeah. Well, it's all based but, on it's all based on you know uh, what we're you know. Of course. Oh yeah. Expect, exactly. Exactly. But it's just it's just crazy to see like you know especially with a rookie, but you you also got some experience with Allen Robinson on the outside. I mean he's got it's it should be interesting to see what Chicago does you know with Trubisky behind the helm. But I like Trey Burton to have a breakout season this year. Yeah. As a tight end. I like Burton with with Nagy because with Nagy in Kansas City, Kelsey lined up in the slot a lot. And Kelsey was, you know, that's what they love. They love that slot tight end who could just come across the middle, catch that nine-yard pass. You know, Trey Burton is somebody who can extend the field. Don't, don't get me wrong. He is somebody who can, you know, you can catch him downfield for 20 yards for catch. But he's also that type of guy across the middle who can catch that, you know, nine-yard route. And that, that's what he's going to be used just like Travis Kelsey was. So, because Matt Nagy's there now. So, I really, I agree with you on that one. I like Trey Burton this year. I'm not a huge fan of tight ends. However, I do like Trey Burton. Yeah. So. If he's still there later on when I'm, like, looking at it and I don't really need anything else, I may try to scoop him up. Yeah, a little little scoop action. Yeah. Like like, like cookie dough ice cream or something. (laughs) (laughs) Breakouts. Wow. What an an awesome, awesome episode. I mean, it kind of goes into the context of value as well. Mm, Kind of. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think we are going to talk about value um, in a later episode. But that was our breakouts for this season, as well as talking about guys that are outside of the top 20 that we think will finish within the top 20. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. That's a, I think breakouts are so important because we talk about guys who have high floors, who we can trust on a daily basis, who we, you know, who we love as our first few round picks. But we also have to have conviction when it comes to guys you know, in that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round that we want to plant our flag and we want to say they are going to be, you know, our, our, our pick for this year to break out and finally, you know, emerge as a top tier talent. Um, so it's important to have that kind of conviction because otherwise, what is there? You're literally just drafting comp- your bodies for your team. Exactly. So conviction. Yeah. Conviction. So. All right. Well, awesome. I love exactly. this. Episode. I love this. It was I love breakouts. I love any, you know, any of these oh, ones yeah. where we can, you know, predict who's going to have a fantastic season. I don't like talking about negative things. Um, you know, oh, ever. you guys might think differently, but I don't. Um, just ever, you know, just in <laughs> so, life. So for all you listeners out there, please, <laughs> please check us out at thefantasyfam.com. You can follow us on Twitter at thefantasyfam. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a download. We are also now available on Sound- SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. So yeah. please, please give us a, uh, a good shout out anywhere on social media. Download us. Uh, feel free to, you know, send us a comment or concern or questions you may have. Basically, anywhere uh, yeah. you can listen to a podcast, yeah. we are basically. there. Basically, yeah. We're pretty important now. So, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. We're You're getting welcome. there. Yeah. We're getting there. We are getting there. And we thank all of you out there for listening, for, for subscribing and downloading. So, on behalf of me and my wonderful cousins, this is the Fantasy Fam signing off. <laughs>